And welcome back to Angry Geeks versus this is season seven, episode thirteen. The penultimate episode. After this, we only have one last shout. Yeah, and uh you guys all know what that's gonna be about already. I hope you do anyway. There was a couple of things Justice League related I did consider talking about today, but I figured I'm just gonna leave it all for for the, the final episode and I have just like I have so much planned for the road so far <laughs> on that. Like, yeah, make sure you let me take the lead on that because it's it's going to be an emotional episode for us. Oh yeah, uh, definitely. W- one way or the other. Definitely. I this has just been a long time coming, and it's thinking about that we're going to see a Justice League movie. You and I, uh, between the two of us, we've been sending each other pictures as we're counting down <laughs> <laughs> everything, and we're in we're we're in single digits, and we're in with matter of hours at this point we could count it if we wanted to yeah we're recording monday november 13th it is almost six o'clock our time and we have tickets for thursday six six o'clock so we're three days and three minutes from the movie starting well from all the trailers starting really yeah (laughs) but we'll save all that for next week uh how you doing this week buddy i can't complain uh it's been a long work week for me this is actually my quote friday so been a, it's been a little, just a lo- long and draining week. So I'm happy to talk about geek stuff with us. Nice, 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 nice. Oh, I'm my nose. I'm, I'm noticing my nose is all red on the <laughs> on the not, camera. It's not Christmas yet. No Rudolph. No. All right. Well, we got a little bit. Of, we got a, we got a, a slightly different episode being the penultimate. This is one of our last shouts. So let's just let's go ahead and let's start by like usual. Let's start with the news. Good news, everyone! Okay, what's the first thing you got for me? Alright, first thing we've got is that last week it was uh, broke that Rian Johnson is developing a new Star Wars trilogy. Right. It They said it's not going to be a continuation of the Skywalker story. It is going to be in a different galaxy in the Star Wars universe, focusing on different characters. So, we're, we're not even touching the Empire. This is like, well, we, we might, but... I, I just can't get excited about this, to tell you the truth. It, it's it's kind of going along with the lines of like how Rogue One was just there for me. I didn't like really think that that was going to be like the greatest thing ever, especially after we found it wasn't what we thought it was going to be. But yeah. like the whole point of Star Wars is following these characters. These are, as much as the Star Wars culminates the entire universe it really only comes down to um, like four or five different people and the majority of them have the last name of skywalker right that's you know man okay so i really like the force awakens i do understand and slightly agree with a lot of the criticism that it was just basically a rehash of the new hope it worked for it and i enjoyed it a lot and then i was disappointed by rogue one i'm very excited for the last jedi but Right now, emotionally, how I feel is exactly what I was worried about when they announced that new Star Wars movies would be happening, is that I would start to not care anymore. And that's that bothers me. We're talking about Star Wars. I mean, I have I was a Star Wars fan before I was a DC fan. Right, yeah. I mean, to think that like this is what it's come down to, and I know there was a fear that when Disney bought Lucas, it, that it might become this and look for force awakens 
was uh, a very nice love letter. and It was a better version of what Superman Returns was to right. those series of films. Now, hopefully with Last Jedi, it's not going to be The Empire Strikes Back Part 2. And I don't think it will be. I, I, I have all the hope in the world that, that this movie is going to be a nice standalone film and just continue the story without being a rehash of what we've already seen. Now, some of the stuff that we're getting with uh, the Ron Howard uh, solo movie next year. Now, I think they, they saw like what Rogue One was and it was like, okay, that was okay. But it didn't involve any of the characters that we knew and loved. So that that's why the, I feel like the, the solo movie is kind of like, okay, well, this is a character that everybody loves, a character that we killed the last movie. So we're going to see a new adventure with him. Right. Now, if, if what Rian Johnson does is similar to that, maybe it might be okay. I don't know, to tell you the truth, because there really isn't anything that we've heard about what this is going to be besides that it's not going to be new besides to be just new characters instead of what we've already seen it's it, it's a couple things first off it, it's it's a big show of of trust and faith that they have in the last jedi that they've already they like rian johnson so much that they're gonna give him the star wars trilogy they're the star wars franchise basically it's all him from now on and the only thing that about it though is it's basically their way of remaking star wars Without everybody flipping their shit. I guess, but I, I, um, I'm looking at this and I'm thinking about it and I just am not excited for this. This is not, I don't know, like, I don't know how else to put it. This isn't, I don't know, this is just like a, another thing where like we talk about where if you make a sci-fi movie and not have it have Star Wars in the title, that has a better chance of being something halfway decent because it doesn't have the... The st- not the, not the stigma, but like the it doesn't carry the weight of having Star Wars along with it. Oh, take the, if you subtract. I know a lot of people are going to yell at me about this. If you subtract Star Wars from Rogue One, it's probably actually a pretty decent movie because you don't have to you don't have all that weight behind it. If it's just a war movie, then I, I think it, it might stand on its feet a little better as opposed to the weight of Star Wars bringing it down. I think that's a really good point. I just. I want to get through this current trilogy before I even start thinking about another trilogy. Well, unfortunately, they don't have the time to do that because they have to have something else coming out the next year after right. uh, episode nine comes. So that's unfortunate. But that's th- we're talking about three years from now. Like, is that when that go- is okay? So th- this year, this is twenty seventeen, is last shot. Twenty eighteen is solo. Twenty nineteen is the f- uh, episode nine. So we're talking about a movie for 2020? I guess so. I I mean, uh, again, there's not much to go thought, along with it, but... <laughs> I don't know. I just... I Fine. Announce it. Don't tell me anything about it for a, for a while. Let me let me just focus on this trilogy. Let me watch, watch Last Jedi, which is probably going to... I'm probably going to love, but it's probably going to have this huge Matrix Reloaded type cliffhanger at the end that's probably going to piss me off. All right, move along. Something that came out today. Oh God! Sony cannot get out of their own way. I don't know. They don't get it. What are they doing over there? I don't have no idea. So it was announced today that uh, Sony Pictures is greenlighting a Morbius the Living Vampire movie. Not greenlight. It's in the works, I should say. So Burke Sharpless and uh, Matt Sazama, who 
were uh, part of the new Power Rangers movie, and the last Winch Hunter have already turned in their script for it. So they've been working on this? All right. Okay, so Morbius... It's a Spider-Man character. Yeah, if you're not familiar, you're probably not. Well, if you grew up in the 90s and you watched the Spider-Man cartoon, you're probably... He's that one guy you probably had to Google to figure out, who was that one vampire Spider-Man character that fought Blade? Yeah, is there... I don't know. Why? 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 What's next? Are we going to get a a Craven solo film or fucking... Are they they're going to say, okay, it's Darkman, but in the Spider-Man universe is how they're going to pitch the Chameleon solo film? <laughs> Maybe. I, it's so... Morbius as an actual character is actually fairly interesting. But I think if they had the rights to Blade, that it would work a lot better. Because you could make it into... A sort of team-up movie, the way that it happened to end up in the show, or the the animated show, like and it ended up being where Blade and Morbius were working together to fight yeah. off vampires. Morbius was originally supposed to be the villain of Blade too. Really? Yeah, and that was hands down the best Blade movie, and I'll I'll be honest, one of my favorite superhero movies, but. Yeah, a deleted teaser ending on the first Blade featured a hooded version of Mor- Morbius that was supposed to be a te- you know a teaser for the next film. Oh, okay. I really just hope that it's like its own entity within this whole thing and not like they're trying they're not going to try to shoehorn it in like they are this Venom movie or Sinister Six movie or Black Cat Silver Sable movie or any of the other shitty Which... movies that they're going to happen to do. Although, and when was the last time we heard about this Black Cat Silver Sable movie, by the way? Not since they announced that they were in the in the process of it. <laughs> Movie's never getting made. Yeah, this one I don't think will get made either. But who knows? Uh, maybe they saw like the New Mutants trailer and like, oh, we've got a poor movie character. Let's use that now. <laughs> everybody's everybody's like, I'll be honest. I- I'm more interested in this piece of shit, a superhero comic horror movie, than I am in that Spawn reboot. I don't know if I'd say that or not. I, <laughs> I'd probably am a little bit more interested in, in Spawn because he's <laughs> an actual decent character as opposed to Morbius. Oh my god! You know what? Looking at those pictures of on the set of Venom, all two of them, Tom Hardy looks like he's having fun. I haven't looked at him, so I couldn't even tell you. What, what... <laughs> There's just a picture of him. They're, they're standing around talking, and he's leaning against a, a table and he's smiling. So oh, that's it's nice. not like it's a behind the scenes. Production photo. <laughs> oh fucking Morbius, so stupid. Uh, okay, comic book news. Comic book news. So it came out last week, the day that we uh, put up the last week's episode, that DC has signed Brian Michael Bendis to an exclusive contract. That's huge. That is huge news. That is news. so huge. So Bendis is arguably their top writer, at, was the top writer at Marvel, and... DC has brought him over, and he's going to have probably carte blanche on whatever he wants to do as far as creative. Oh, absolutely. They're just going to say, what do you want to do? And they're probably going to team him up with Romita Jr. Because uh, get them working together again like they went when they reinvigorated the Avengers about 10 years ago. Right. Uh, so, I, also to go along with this, I really think that Bendis is probably going to have a part along the play in the DCEU because he was doing that too over at Marvel and there and really DC is kind of collecting a bunch of people that did that because Whedon was part of that creative team and 
they they called it the Marvel Creative Committee. I think they're just taking everybody from over there and bringing them over to DC, which is fine with me because there's a lot of good stuff that came out of there. So. Oh, absolutely. Um, and for those of you who don't really know who Michael Bendis is, who don't Ryan really read, comp- what did I say? You just said Michael. Oh, well, I was going by his middle name. Um, I don't know why. He, what he's been there for nearly twenty years, and he was one of the people who spearheaded the Ultimate Universe, which you know, he he wrote Ultimate Spider-Man, which is really the only thing that matters out of that entire fucking line of comics. Right. And he created Michael, Mor- uh, sorry, Miles. God damn it, I can't talk. Miles Morales, who is the the second Spider-Man. Um, but he's also done he's he's done the the Avengers. He did House of M. Um, he's written the X Men. He's basically well, he created popped. he created Jessica Jones as well. Yeah, Jessica Jones. Um, he had a great run of the Defenders. Basically, they always let him do whatever he want, and he has written for pretty much every single major title. Right. One of the bigger things that Bendis has done too is he's written minority characters well. Whether you're talking about Miles Morales or you're talking about Jessica Jones or he was he, he was a writer on Iron Man when this past this most recent run where uh, they brought in uh, Riri Williams to be yeah. Ironheart. So I wonder if they're going to try to do it with the same thing over there at DC as they were doing with Marvel. Because honestly, there's not a lot of I, I mean, they're, they're, they've done better. DC has, I think, overall. Recently, I mean, with the, we got Jessica Tr- Cruz and uh, Simon Baz, uh, Hispanic and... Uh, he's Ir- he's Ir- Iraqi, Middle Eastern. Yeah, yeah Middle Eastern characters. Um, and you got Cyborg on the Justice League. But there could stand to be a, a lot more culture in DC Comics than what we already have. No, I, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, they got the, the new Wally West, the young Wally West is African-American, and then... Um, yeah, they they are trying to work that way as well. I'm just I'm like when Kirby came over to DC, which this is almost the equivalent of that. Um, he said, "What what's your worst? What what comic? What which title is doing the worst right now?" And it was like it was like Jimmy Olsen or Lois Lane or something. He's like, "Okay, I'll write that." Like like he wanted a challenge, um, and then we event that eventually led to us getting the new gods. Yeah, <laughs> so. <laughs> I, I, mean, I don't. I don't expect Bendis to create the new gods, but <laughs> a version of this, like with his run here. But I do. I do think that he's not going to start off on one of the big guys to begin. No, I mean uh, the uh, the go to would be that he's. Everybody might assume he's going to go straight to Batman or straight to Justice League, and I don't think he is. I think they'll put him on Flash. Oh, which I would love to see. Yeah, like I, he, he'll probably start off like something a little bit smaller, like that, like Flash, or I could see him going over to something like Titans or Teen Titans because he does write yeah. uh, a younger character really well. And we'll be honest, he usually writes like four or five fucking comics a month, right? I mean, we're... so for all we know, he could be doing the the Justice League, but just not the Justice League title. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, Hitch just finished his last thing, didn't he, on uh, Justice League? Yes, he did. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so they might Hitch. get a couple writers to fill in for a couple months because they haven't announced uh, his end stuff on Marvel titles yet. And I think they've already done solicitations for February, I want to say. Mm. So, I mean, he could, like, he might just finish out some of the story arcs that he's doing. I don't see them 
I don't see him like leaving mid story arc on a lot of his stuff. I think he'll probably want to clean up and finish things before he gives it to somebody else over at Marvel. Oh, especially like uh, the Miles Spider-Man. That's his, 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 his. So, you know, his last issue on that is probably going to be pretty emotional. Uh, Similar to Jeff's last issue on Green Lantern. Yeah. So, uh, we'll we'll see what uh, they want him to do. I'm sure they're probably going to be like, hey, here's what we got. Take your pick. And even if it's not listed on here, go ahead and take your pick. Yeah, no, it's it, that's really exciting. That's really interesting stuff that I, I just I'm really interested to see what happens. I'm a little that's the, I'm a little worried though that like we're gonna lose like somebody really good on DC soon. That's kind of what I was also thinking. That like okay, so does this mean that uh, Scott Snyder is gonna go over to Marvel for a while, or because uh, Jeff's Jeff's the the CFO, so he's he's not CFO, um, CCO, the Chief Creative cons- uh, CCO. Officer. Yeah, um, that's never gonna happen anytime soon. Jim Lee's but, not like, going anywhere. Yeah, Jim Lee. I uh, I mean that like does it mean like Grant Morrison's gonna go over there? Maybe. What's Morrison doing right now? He's he's kind of just floating. He's doing his own indie stuff right now, isn't he? I think so. But uh, all right, that kind of covers the news for this week. Uh, anything else that you want to talk about news wise? No, I was just wondering like what I would want Grant Morrison to do over at Marvel besides like Punisher. <laughs> or uh, I would love you know Grant Morrison Daredevil. Yeah, that's probably like his wheelhouse right there. Which I'd kind of be okay with. Charles Solo's doing an okay job, but I'm kind of getting over Daredevil. No, I'm over it. We took that off of our pool list, in fact, because of it. All right, let's get into the review. It stinks. It stinks. All right, so we both finished Stranger Things 2. Yes, we did. (laughs) Cool. Okay, so Stranger Things was my number one TV show of 2016. When we did our power rank. Yeah, I think it was mine as well. Yeah, I I loved, 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 loved. See, Str- Stranger Things speaks directly to us because it was everything we loved about the 80s. We loved 80s horror, um, geek culture, uh, the music, and just like the cinematography, everything, the music, everything about it spoke directly to people like me and you. Yeah. So it was just an, an emotional connection right off the bat. Um, and then uh, they announced Stranger Things. It was a surprise success by Netflix. They announced Stranger Things season two. They've even announced that the show will end in season four or five. They they they're not sure. I wish I didn't know that. I wish, I wish I would go into each season thinking it's the last. Thinking it's the last, not worrying about okay how you know not thinking okay three seasons down the line, how are they going to do this and that? I, I really wish I wasn't thinking that way, and I, I wish I could condition myself to not do that anymore. <sighs> Good luck with that. I mean, you really have to commit to not thinking about that, which I know. is counterproductive because that'll make it just makes you think about it the entire time. Yeah, I, I. But as far as season two goes, overall, I loved it. Okay. No, not as much as season one. Oh no, not no. No, but I still, I still overall really enjoyed it. It may be one of those things that. The further I get away, I may, I may start disliking it. But we just finished it last night. Or no, we finished it yeah, yet last night. And I'm happy. I'm very happy with what they did and how they, they basically upped the stakes uh, about two notches for the entire season. Yeah, I, I definitely think that they did a good job of not having anything that made... Like, on most Netflix shows, there's always like that filler episode or two. 
sometimes three, depending on how long the season is. I didn't really get... Or sometimes half the season if it's Iron Fist. We get it. Iron Fist is bad. <laughs> God. But, but yeah, like, there wasn't that lull that I that I usually see with a lot of Netflix shows, which I really enjoyed. Uh, nine episodes this season, I think, what was it, seven episodes first season? Was it? I, it was only seven or maybe eight at the tops. I thought, yeah, eight sounds familiar. Yeah, so one extra episode this season, and at no point was I getting bored watching it. Just wait, like waiting for them to get to the fireworks factory. Uh, <laughs> but I, I do think that there were some problems this year which could have been avoided if they really had just stuck to what made the show really good. I agree with that. I, I A lot of it, one of my main problems with saying how I wish I didn't know there was more seasons is you see the setup for future stories with certain characters. Like, I've come to really like Dacker Montgomery. Mm. And he was the bully in the Red Ranger. Yeah. But that was so fucking pointless with him. There is no payoff with him except that she finally stood up to her bully big brother. And I couldn't stand Max half the time anyway. I didn't find Max to be as annoying as he did. I really thought that Max, if I was Max, I would not want to be friends with any of these assholes because they just well, they just treat her like shit the entire time. Well, and that's another thing. Like, okay, so with Lucas, in season one, he was being a, a real dick about Eleven. It made you kind of not like him. Yeah. Now, this season was Dustin's turn to, for us to just, like, really be annoyed by him because he kept making really dumb choices that made you really dislike him. Right, and honestly, like, Dustin, if I wanted, if, like, I was going to compare him for a season one character to anybody, he was, uh, what's his face, uh, Jamie Kennedy from Scream. Like, he was the guy who's like, these are the rules that we have to follow. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then he breaks all the rules in season two. So Yeah, that, that was really frustrating. That, and That was really frustrating. Uh, but, yeah, like, seriously, like, Mike was a huge, Mike and Eleven were huge dicks to, uh, to Max. Like... I would not want nothing to do with them if I was her. And, like, she just, like, whenever she would give such strong attitude, like, I'm like, shut up. We get it. God, like, just, like, could you not be such a dick to everybody for, like, two seconds? It's just, it was a little, it was, like, it was a level of seven, and it, they, they could have trimmed it down to five because she, she, she became very dislikable to me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, but, Mike, but yeah, Dacker Montgomery, like his storyline went nowhere. Like it was all set up to be really good. And then it just fell flat because, Hey, there's going to be season three. Right. Yeah. We're going to get more of him. There's going to be some, some big thing between him and Steve down the line. They did a great job with Steve. They didn't know that, uh, you know, you could tell early in the, the creative process. They're like, well, we got to have Jonathan and Nancy together. What do we do with Steve? Do we just get rid of him off? It's like, no, let's let's stick them with the kids and see how that works. And it worked really well. Yeah, Steve, I was really, I really enjoyed Steve this season. Mm-hmm. Now, one of my problems with the, the entire season overall is that they decided to give every character on this show their own subplot. Yes. But for some for some of work like for Steve it was fantastic. I I enjoyed his development over the season. Like Well, cuz his subplot was still an organic extension related to the characters cuz he found out what a great babysitter he was. But like the whole the whole subplot with getting Nancy and Jonathan together 
was super forced. The whole like going to see that private investigator thing that was that that whole Barb subplot is a is a, is a premium example of and okay, Millhouse and I are both in theater. When when you do when you do a comedy, if if you if you get a laugh on something one night, something you do, you're like, oh, people like that. So the next night when you do it, you push that scene, right? And then it's not as funny because you gave it a little bit more than you should have. That's what happened with Barb. They did not expect Barb to be this big uh, phenomenon from season one. So they leaned really heavily into it season two. And I can give two shits about Barb at this point. Right, because Barb is is dead. It's like, we don't need to really literally beat that dead horse over and over again. (laughs) Uh, Did you just call Barb a horse? Well... I mean, the dead Barb. We don't need to beat the dead Barb over and over again. <laughs> she looks like her favorite drink is milk. But, uh, like, giving everybody their own thing really took away from the story being as good as it probably could have been. Like, there's no... I, I Like, I, I feel like we're going to, like, get to this point where we're going to get to a big bad in whatever season four or five this is going to be. Like, we're going to fight... It's It's essentially Voldemort that we're getting to. And they, they were, big, were fighting the iterations big. of him over and over again. There was, like, no development of what the, the villain is in this thing. It's just that it's this entity in the upside-down world. I think when it's all said and done, I think we're going to look back and see that, like, season two was their loss of innocence or something. Because, you know, it, it ends with them at a dance, you know, going towards teen, the teen years. Yeah. And I... And it, it, I think a lot of it is symbolic in Will, who finally gets to do something this season, except play Will. I still don't know but, how but, he's going to play that character. <laughs> yeah, because he, but he's, but he, that kid was fantastic. That kid brought it. Um, yeah, the, he and the, Finn Wolfhard. Yeah, the last couple episodes with with Will as the puppet for this creature were really good. Stranger Mort. <laughs> Stranger Mort. Uh. But yeah, like over like some of the other things that like really kind of bugged me were just the whole subplot with uh, Eleven going to Chicago. Oh, you mean the backdoor pilot? Yeah, the backdoor pilot for eight. Even Stranger Things. Uh, it uh, you know that I get I get the purpose of that episode was so because Eleven needed to go through training to go, she needed a an Obi Wan Kenobi to teach her the ways of the Force. Um... Which means we're, we're going to see more of Eight and her team, and they're probably all going to be systematically killed one by one in the future. And then we're probably going to meet one through seven, nine and ten, or whatever. Unless they did they say that some of them are dead or something? I, I honestly don't know. That was kind of vaguely put together. I wonder if like one is going to be like the villain or something like this. You know what I mean? Yeah, one is Stranger Mort. Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah, and like this is like like. Their tinkering with with one is going to, like he creates the upside down world, and this is him trying to get back into our reality or something like that. Yeah, you probably just called it. You probably just called Stranger Things <laughs> spitballing in the final it. season. Uh, I, I, we do enjoy like our our predictions on stuff to see if we'll see what's <laughs> going to happen. Um, if I'm looking at other things here, though, it's like I really feel bad for Sean Astin. Oh, justice for Bob. Oh, God. By the way, like we've always said, spoilers, if you haven't watched Stranger Things 2. But that was, you know, 
At first, Herpes thought that he was possibly a secret villain. And he was possibly working for Matthew Modine. I could have seen that. But, yeah, like a lot of the subplots, we could have trimmed the fat on those so we could have spent more time with Sean Astin. With Mikey. Yeah. Or Rudy. <laughs> However you want to call him. Samwise. Samwise. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, like, he, he was really good. I actually really enjoyed Sean Astin in this season. Uh, as much as I would have liked to have, yeah, trimmed some of that stuff down to get some up, better story going, I thought that he did a really good job. The only thing that really, like, really I didn't, I disliked on this season was the fact that because you're upping the stakes with the number of things that you're fighting, it made them weaker. So, oh, that always happens. I know it always happens because yeah, it takes like you know because we, it, we meet the fr- it, yeah it, like because in season one you beat the demogorg and like this was like it took everything to beat the demogorg and now some bullets and some the, the for the demodogs yeah the demodogs even when we meet the first demodog they're shooting a bunch of bullets at it and it's still coming at them then Hopper's got the you know ping 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 like three bullets and it's down. That's that's what I like to call the Starship Troopers effect. Remember in Starship Troopers, they meet the first fucking bug, and there's like five guys shooting at it, and it's like, and he can like cuts through all of them. Then later, Rico's holding off an entire army of them with one shotgun, just mowing them all down, and they fall down like they're made of paper. Right. Yeah, that's it's. That, uh. that, that, that's just the unfortunate thing with upping the stakes is that mm-hmm. you have to make everything else. And like, I understand that. Your your heroes are becoming stronger too, so they're able to like take care of things quicker. But like, it really like there was like a very s- steep slope of them coming downhill. No, I definitely agree with that. Um, yeah, it's. I think overall this show just the season leaned a little too close into what they know we like, as opposed to just doing more of the same and keeping it. Keeping it organic. Yeah. You know, and the, the whole Barb thing is, is a prime example of that. That being said, I did really enjoy Stranger Things Season oh, yeah. 2. I, 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 yeah. We, whenever we review stuff, and I know we're repeating stuff that we've done said before, like, it really sounds like we didn't like it, but honestly, like, this is probably up there. I don't know if it'll be my favorite show of the season, or the, the year, but it's going to be up there. I think it's definitely going to be top three. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that, we are the angry geeks. You know, we're going to pick apart and, and be brutal to things like this. And, you know, this, as much as we say we love Stranger Things 1 and Stranger in, in this season, you know, we're, and we're probably going to love Justice League. We're probably, we still are going to pick it apart. Like, I, I'll pick apart Batman vs. Superman to this day. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I love the music. There, Man, when Eleven goes to that playground, no, or... No, when Nancy and Jonathan are at that playground and they they think they're being chased or followed by oh, the, the yeah the the government. Some of the, the 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 cinematography and the shots used in that, I was I had a boner like I was so <laughs> fucking because like you know like you know that one kid that was on the thing that like rocks back and forth. Oh yeah. There was a shot of that that it was like it was below him oh, yeah, and like shooting below up at him. Like, yeah, so he was like coming at. That was yeah. That was an omen shot right there. I fucking love well that. like it was it was um, like that it was like invasion of the body snatchers type of yeah, stuff there, yeah there was a lot of aliens in this movie oh yeah and, and they 
they leaned heavily into that because they had Paul Reiser. Right. <laughs> so, in like, when when he showed up, I'm like, he's playing that motherfucker from Aliens. I'm telling you right now. He ended up being a good guy, but still, he was like, well, we're going to drill in there. What's the worst that could happen? It's like the exact same thing. Yeah. All right. Well, I, yeah, I'm excited for uh, season three next year. Probably, I would hope, around the same time that we got season two. Oh, yeah. We'll probably get another trailer with the Super Bowl. Probably. Yeah. Probably. That's how that's how we got it this year. That's true. Anyway. Uh, yeah. So, last thing we want to do is we kind of want to, as this is our, like as we've mentioned multiple times, our penultimate episode, uh, we kind of wanted to do a little bit of some of the greatest of all time. Yeah. So, some of these you could probably play at home and, and guess what we're going to say for a lot of these, but we just wanted to have... We just wanted to have a little fun. But, you know, we always talk about everything that we love, and we kind of just wanted to make this last section about us, because um, this has been a fun ride for us leading up to Justice League, so we have compiled three sets of greatest of all time lists. Uh, you've done five, I've done five, that we're going to ask to each other, and then we also have um, another group of just listing them. Which one do you want to start with? Uh, let's start with, uh, do you want to pick? go with your first one? Okay. Yeah, say the first one that I made up for you. What is, in your opinion, the greatest live-action superhero show of all time? Live-action, so you can't say Batman the Animated Series. All right. Uh, I've got my my top three here. Oh, you went three? Okay. Uh, Some of them are hard to do more than three. Um, My number three greatest live-action superhero show of all time is Agent Carter. Oh, wow. Okay. Really? Yeah. Uh, I went through them and I was kind of looking at them, and like, look, I could. The Arrowverse shows are not aging well. No, they're not. Uh, I actually earlier uh, last week I had to go into work early, so I had some time to kill on my hand, and I I watched the first couple episodes of Smallville again. Oh, those are and those are god awful. Yeah, that, that show like they were still figuring out how to do this shit back then. Yeah, those are god awful. Thankfully, it got better as they were able to eat as Clark went into not high school anymore. <laughs> right. Uh, if, so, like, that's that's out. Lois and Clark was good, but it wasn't great. Um, if And then Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. has not done well. So, if I'm looking at things, I, and honestly, it, it probably has a lot to do with that. It didn't only, it only went two seasons, but Agent Carter was some of the best stuff that we've seen as far as Marvel television. And I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that it could be its own thing. It wasn't, it, it wasn't like shot down from the ankles because it had to fit in the right. MCU. Like, like age of the shield. Like what we t- always talked about is that it can't be as good as it can be because the MCU has first dibs on anything that they were really, w- what could use and could use really well. So, but Agent Carter, you have a strong character uh, with Peggy Carter. You've got great, a uh, great comedic part with uh, Howard Stark, right? And they just the chemistry on that show worked well together. All the characters worked really well, especially that first season was fantastic. And the whole her trying to make a name for herself, even though she already did, like having to redo everything over again because. It wasn't 
they everybody thought, oh well, it's just Captain America's girl. Like I thought, a lot sure, of that stuff yeah. worked really well. Um, the action was really good. They had great cameos on that show because they had the Howling Commandos come back on for that one episode. They fit in, but it also like Easter egged a lot of things. Like you saw in that second season, you saw the you end up seeing like where Black Widow was going to come from with that uh, whole secret Russian uh, training academy. This is a lot of detail for your number three pick. <laughs> I know. Uh, do you have a number? Do you, did you do this as well? No, I just did one, man. Okay. All right. Um, so my number two is going to be Walking Dead. As much... Superhero? Well, you, you said co- I wanted a comic book. Okay. Which will probably hurt my number one pick, too, if, if, that's, if you're going to be all <laughs> judgmental about that. But uh, Walking Dead... Probably some of the best television early on when it was there. And almost like The Simpsons, like, if I could just, like, go seasons one through four, maybe one through five. Like, if I could just encapsulate that, that's some of some great television right there. Uh, and for my top one, li- uh, my live action adaptation of a comic book, I'm going Tales from the Crypt. Yeah. It was superhero, so, I mean, I would definitely agree with Tales from the Crypt as far as live-action comic. Uh, and, and just because of, like, all all the great just one-shot, essentially, books that we got from that that show. Well, I mean, that that's basically it, is that what was great about it is it, it's allowance to be an anthology series as opposed to trying to keep the arc of the Crypt Keeper going. Right. But, but a lot of people forget that, that that Tales from the Crypt started out as a comic book. So that's why I thought it was going to be kind of my, like, surprise pick. What, what, no, it was good. So what's your, then? What's yours, then? Okay, so I I was, I really struggled with this because, like we say, like, I, I, I never like to give a greatest of all time to something that's already, that's currently on the air and hasn't finished its run. Um, nor do I like to, like, Hero Season 1 is one of the best seasons ever. Right. But the rest of the show completely takes that away from it. So, you know, if you wanted to encapsulate like you did with Walking Dead, I, I would like to go with something like Heroes or, you know, Arrow Season 2. But I don't know how many more seasons of this we're actually getting. I don't necessarily want more than maybe one or two more seasons. But I gotta go with Daredevil. Okay. Um, Daredevil Season 1 was one of the... is probably the best single season of a superhero show. Counting Hero Season 1. I could get behind that, yeah. I mean, I I bet if we were to watch Hero Season 1 again, we'd complain that it was eight episodes too long. Well, I... I mean, there's give and take that shit to have to do with that because it is a network show as opposed to a Netflix show. Right, it, it, heroes got it. Heroes in Smallville, as much as we may talk shit about them, got us to where we are today. Oh yeah, like you would not have the shows that you would have today if it weren't for those two shows. Yeah, that lost, which I talk a lot of shit about, but it, it paved the way for these kinds of shows. So, um, unless Daredevil really falls off the truck these next next season or two, which it really looks like they're going born again next season, which is fucking exciting. But, they got to do it well. Uh, there was certain problems that I have with season two, a dear devil. You know, the main problem with season two is the age-old Marvel problem is it was too much of a setup for the Defenders, 
and then the defenders ended up being kind of stupid anyway. Well, it was that and the very bland villain that they had of the hand. Yeah, the hand. Where you know, give us when we want a big bad, we want a big bad. And unfortunately, it came in. It, you know, it was in the shadow of, of of Kingpin season one, who was a great fucking big bad. Yeah, exactly. Uh, okay, so now ask. Uh, let's do your first one. All right, my first one. Uh, what is who is the greatest fictional detective? Um, I'm gonna stay on brand with this, even though most people are gonna say Sherlock or Bruce. I'm gonna go with my second favorite DC character, and I'm gonna go with Tim Drake. All right. Tim Drake, the third Robin. And I'm going to say this out loud. I'm going to lean heavily into when I say greatest, I mean my greatest. I don't mean that everybody should agree with me. Oh, this is, this yeah, is, this is, this is completely very biased subjective. Opinion. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Tim Drake is my second favorite comic book character. And um, he figured out basically very easily, like anybody should, that Bruce is Batman. It's pretty fucking obvious. Um, but he's even more intelligent than that. He's... Each Robin has bit a little bit of Bruce, and he is Bruce's detective side, and it's always been such a great part of him. I uh, no, I I, compl- I completely agree. I think uh, Tim has re- he really developed as a character, and honestly, like it's Tim is our Robin. Yeah, just gonna say that. Yeah. So it's almost like your bond, like when yeah. you're when you're thinking about like who your Robin is, like you have if. If you grew up with Batman and you're like a baby boomer, Dick Grayson's your Robin. If you grew up in the 80s, then Jason Todd's your Robin. I don't think too many people actually have taken t- uh, Jason Todd, but no, no, even no, if no. they did grow up in the 80s, they're kind of going to probably lean towards Dick or they're probably going to be like, oh, well, you know, I was still collecting when Tim started, so I really want to go with Tim. <laughs> uh, but like, it's, it's one of those generational things, so... It's the same as, uh, you know, who's your Green Lantern, Hal or Kyle, or, or John or Guy. And then you, you even go over to the Flash, or, or, you know, for the longest time, for forever, Wally was our Flash. Right. I, so, yeah, I mean, I can appreciate Tim. Uh, I, <laughs> it's really hard to well, not pick Batman or Sherlock. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to go... and. Honestly, this is kind of going to be one of those things where it's like, who's who's the greatest fictional detective besides Batman and Sherlock? Is really what it's going to come down to. Oh, sure, that's, sure. I mean, if, if yeah, you're really like, pick taking yeah. this topic to heart, it'd be those. Uh, I'm going to go with Frank Drebin from the Naked Gun series. <laughs> Bingo. Yeah. So, uh, obviously, Leslie Nielsen played uh, the character both on the TV show and on the movies. The trilogy. the trilogy, uh, and guy, and he was a better Inspector Clouseau than Clouseau was. Ooh, hot take. Yeah, I'll agree with it, but <laughs> hot take. Uh, in the same vein that Clouseau, like backed into solving the crime, Frank Drebin did the same thing, but he did it with a lot more flair. <laughs> he somersaulted into it. Yes. <laughs> so I, I, I want to go with him. There's, I mean, there, I like there's that. other characters that probably could have gone with, like Dick Tracy or nah. under uh, well underrated movie. I honestly, I think, I more the the villains in that movie than uh, Warren Beatty's take on the character. But oh sure, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, let's move along. His take on Dick Tracy. All right, now let's move to a, sh- a shared one. Let's. 
Uh, I've done this many times on Fantasy Movie League. Let's share our favorite movie, our top five favorite movies of all time. My favorite movies of all time. Oh, God. Okay, I do not have mine ranked. I just have mine grouped into five. Okay, go ahead. Okay, so mine are, very obviously, The Crow, Tremors, The Thing, John Carpenter's The Thing. The original from 1980. Thing. Yeah. yeah, the middle thing, because the original thing is like, it came from the thing that, or whatever, it came from space. Uh, the Godfather, and I love Annie Hall. However, I do feel like I'm, I'm falling out of love with it lately. Okay. Yeah. Uh, if I'm if I'm gonna pick, just five, I lean more towards geekdom with mine actually than you do. Uh, in in no particular order, I'm gonna go with uh, Superman two, mm-hmm. uh, The Dark Knight, mm-hmm. A Killer Clowns from Outer Space, <laughs> uh, and then. My last couple are actually going to be more... Well, I I mean, it's still kind of in some sort of geekdom. I'm going to go North by Northwest. It was probably one of my favorite... Uh, in North by Northwest and uh, Rear Window. Both Hitchcock films. So you only have one horror movie in there. That's surprising. Well, as, as good as... I, as much as I love the horror genre, there isn't one that, like, super sticks out for me. Like, if you're going to... If I'm going to pick, like, in particular horror franchises, yeah, I can I can rank them... And easily do that, but so like those five pictures I could watch, those movies I could watch anytime. See, I'll tell you what: if Annie Hall falls falls out of grace, it's gonna be scooped in by Demon Knight. Demon Knight's a good choice. I do appreciate that one. <laughs> Fucking love that movie. All right, uh, your turn. All right, the best battle scene of all time in okay. on screen. I kind of cheated with this, I think, so I'm going to let you go first. I really, I, I, It really came down to two for me, and honestly, my top one is a very recent one. And I think you'd probably p- figure it out pretty quickly. But my, my number two is the Battle of Helm's Deep from uh, Lord of the Rings. Uh, two, two Towers. Yeah, Two Towers. Some of the best action that I've seen on screen ever with that, with that one. Yeah, and then Gandalf with his glow stick coming in. Yeah. Like, just like the 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 sheer choreography that they had to do with that one, fantastic. But is that the one you were referring to, in, in as far as recent, or is something else? No, recent? it's even more recent. Uh, You're talking about the Battle of the Bastards. I am talking about the Battle of the Bastards. Yeah, I thought you would. It's like I like I don't want to do that because I don't. I, I think it's like recency bias, but the the amount of I think it's probably just because we've had so long to connect to these characters that it works a lot better when you're seeing them fight. Oh, sure. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Because, like, when you're looking at some of these movies where there's the trilogy movies where you only get about... Well, Thor of the Rings, you got a lot of hours with them. (laughs) Yeah, you got a lot, yeah, yeah. But when you think of, like, the the amount of time that you spent with Jon Snow, you spent with Tormund, you spent with... uh, Ramsey, Ramsey Bolton, Ramsey. Yeah. I, yeah. I can never remember his name. But the amount of time that you spent like loving and hating these characters to see them all, everything culminate the way that it did in that in that uh, one episode. And, and to think that it was only one episode where that entire battle yeah. took place. Uh, where like you've got stuff where like if you go on like, if you look at like Dragon Ball Z, like Go Gohan fighting self was like, seven or eight episodes long. Yeah, no, it was. Yeah, that's true. They, they wanted to drag that they, shit they out. They dragged yeah. that crap out. And, and then you get, 
you get a one episode thing like this and it's it was some of the best choreography I've seen and just like the Jon Snow charging by himself and then everybody coming together on him. What's funny that you say those two because they end the exact same way. I remember when Battle of the Bastards was happening and she's like, oh my god, are they going to lose? I'm like, no, fucking Littlefinger is going to come in and Gandalf everything. And then he showed up, but he didn't have a glow stick. No, he did not. He just had a really creepy mustache. I was glad he died. Oh yeah, everybody's glad he died. I thought he was a cockroach that was going to survive the fucking apocalypse of, of that Middle Earth or whatever. <laughs> um, okay, so mine's one of the only scenes in movie history that made me leap off my, my sofa and cheer when the battle was over. And it's Bert and Reba McIntyre versus Tremor number two <laughs> in Bert's basement. Okay. Because in this scene, when they're like, you know, it, it the, the, the Graboid bursts through the wall. All, you know, well, I was like 11 when this movie came out. All my horror movie knowledge tells me oh man these two are dead and then they fucking turn it around the the shot was they're shooting 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 and when when the camera pans over and you see their collection of guns on the wall you're like whoa and then he gets the elephant gun and he starts shooting it and blasting it and they kill it mm-hmm. completely flipping the table on this story i leapt off off my my sofa and i was so excited from that was this your uh, your question about what do you consider a battle? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not really a battle, so I'm cheating. But, like, there's been few moments in film history that have made me do that. And that's why, part of why I love that movie so fucking much. Herpes has never seen it. She, I'm going to Clockwork Orange her on that pretty soon. Because <laughs> oh, she needs to see it. I feel bad and, for her. And, and not... your wife, Penguin, has not seen it either because she doesn't do horror movies. But I feel she could do that movie. Yeah, so Tremors, I think it's perfect. Tremors is probably safe for her. It's a great gateway film if you're getting into horror. Yeah. Because it's a horror comedy. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. All right. All right, your turn. What do you consider to be the greatest video game of all time? Okay, I split this into two different things. Either. Well, I mean, you you that's a very vague question. So I split it into... Single player and multiplayer. Okay. Now, I'll start with the multiplayer. Uh, I, I did a, th- a top three for both of these. Uh, I did for my number three multiplayer game, I went Rock Band slash Guitar Hero. Oh, wow. You're not going the way I thought you were going to go no. at all. I thought you were just going to go with the big three. Okay. No, no. I And I only do this because Rock Band, Guitar Hero, like... Honestly, like I've, I have some of the most fun memories playing that those games with my friends, because it was something that everybody could do and everybody could enjoy, and you didn't have to be good at video games to do this. Yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah. So it was always a great party game for me, and I could just plug it in, and everybody knew exactly what to do. <laughs> uh, my second one is gonna be Goldeneye. Two? Yeah, Goldeneye is number two for me. Mostly because Fuck mostly you. because I was never good at Goldeneye, <laughs> <laughs> so that's why it goes down for me. But honestly, but like that's a lot. That's another game where like I can look back and enjoy, even though I got my the, my shit handed to me every time. Uh, and then number one, Super Smash Brothers. 
pretty easy pick for me for that one. Man, you only fucking pick Super Smash Brothers because you're good. Exactly. And that's bullshit. <laughs> This, these lists are not objective at all. I don't know what you're getting at with it. Uh, and then we're going to go uh, uh, single player games. Uh, Resident Evil 4 is my number three uh, pick. Because honestly, that was the most, like, Resident, that's the most fun Resident Evil game I've ever played. That was the GameCube one. That was the GameCube right? one. Yeah. It came with two discs, and you had to, like, <laughs> two, two of those little mini discs. Did it have two? I don't remember. It that. did. Okay. Um,. My number two is Batman Arkham Asylum, because that game, like that, that is that game did so much for creating like a whole series of games, like the the Zeldas of the world, the, the Mario's of the world, Sonic's and that. As much as like they had all these franchises, like this was one story, and that they played out over four games, so. The then this game and this one started it all. So I just like the storyline, the graphics, the fighting style was. It, you got to be Batman, and I really enjoyed that. And then my number one is Ocarina of Time. Yeah, that's my number one. That's yeah. <laughs> there, there's there's there, nothing even comes close. No, it's the greatest video. It's the greatest video game ever yeah. made. Uh, that that game took forever to beat for me. But it was well worth the hours that I spent doing it. Yeah. No, that that easily. I don't. Anybody who says otherwise is just wrong, or they haven't played it, or they're just stupid. Yeah. So that may be one of you listeners. I don't know. All right. Uh, that was easy. Now uh, let's go to another list. Let's let's move this along. We're kind of taking a little longer than we should. All right. Well, let's save that one for last. What are the greatest comic the five greatest comic book stories? Again, you don't have to put them in order. Yeah. Did you prepare this in advance or you're gonna wing this? You better have prepared this in advance. I prepared it, but it was hard. Okay. Alright, if I'm five greatest comic book stories for me are in no particular order, Kingdom Come. That was close. That was my number six. The Long Halloween, which is a Batman story. That- was like my number. I really struggled. This was hard. That was like my number seven. Yeah. Uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths. That's on there. Uh, well, not my number two, but like uh, Death of Superman is on that list as well. Obviously, me too. Uh, my first comic, so it's obviously going to be on there. And then uh, Green Lantern Rebirth actually made my list. Ooh, wow, that's surprising. Yeah. I didn't think it would, but I was kind of going through my stuff, and I it was between that and uh, the Man Without Fear that I was kind of going back and forth on. That's that's on there for me. Um, what I also had that you did not have, I had to go with Watchmen. I think that's po- quite possibly the finest comic book I've ever read. And um, then I also had kind of a cheat, but it's a story, a control contained arc. I had to go with Why the Last Man. Okay. Um, I also do want to mention we, you said and we've said many times that the death of Superman got us in the comics. Um, I do know the actual first comic I ever read because my my older brother had it. It was just like a single issue, and maybe he just bought randomly because he, he wasn't really in in the comics. But it was this amazing Spider Man, which was uh, number one sixty six, number one sixty six featuring both the Lizard and Stegron as a team up. <laughs> Number 166 from, like, 1969. And I remember reading it in the 80s 
now, now, so I'm now looking back that my brother had an issue that it's probably worth a fucking fortune if, if we still had it and if it was in good condition. Well, that's the thing. Like, my mom had comics that I found out later in life, and, like, she has the, the first appearance of Poison Ivy. Oh. But that comic is in shambles at this point in time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now let's go to another one of yours. All right, another one on my list. Uh, for the sake of time, I'm going to cut down a couple of these. Let's, let's okay. do one more. Uh, what is the best movie plot twist of all time i was hoping you were gonna go with the other one um <laughs> apes planet of the apes oh my god i was wrong it was Earth all along <laughs> no yeah that's mine uh, any others that were in consideration sixth sense is great um i wouldn't really call it a twist and unbreakable a twist that mr glass was behind it all it, i think there's a difference between a twist and a reveal um i agree but yeah those but apes apes <laughs> i just wish we were going to candy island What's there? Apes. But they're not as big. Oh, Lenny. What was yours? Uh, yeah, Planet of the Apes is probably up there. I mean, I could go... Psycho was one of the, one of the really good plot twists. Oh, yeah. It, like, it, it kind of gets lost because everybody knows the plot to Psycho. But, like, if you're, like, seeing Psycho for the first time, that finding out that Norman Bates is his, is his mother... When they did that shot-for-shot stupid-ass remake in the 90s, I went to see that remake with my buddy Dan in high school, and he had no information about the original Psycho. When the movie was over, he's like, man, I can't believe that he was the killer all along. I'm like, what are you talking about? You didn't know that that was the thing? He's like, no, I've never seen the original movie. I'm like, I know you haven't seen it, but I thought that was common knowledge, which was my like one of my, the first times I had a realization that I was way more into film than most people. Well, yeah. I To think that like some people didn't know what that plot twist was going into it um other things that like I mean, usual suspect suspects is usually up there oh yeah yeah yeah. um yeah. fight club i think is kind yeah. of like one of those things where it is one of those things that like now doesn't uh hit you as hard because everybody loves fight club yeah because it's very hip right it's very cool all right. All right. What do you got? Okay, this one's tr- tricky. I don't know. Did I give you? I gave you all mine in advance. What do you think is the greatest horror franchise of all time? Okay. I I kind of wanted to do Tales from the Crypt again. <laughs> oh, well, I was talking about movies. I know. I know you were. Um, But if I'm going to go off of horror franchise, I probably have to go in descending order Friday the 13th. Nightmare on Elm Street, and then Child's Play as my top one. Child's Play, top. Three? Yeah, when I mean it's kind of like when I'm looking at like how many good versus how many bad movies. Child's Play had a better batting average than the other ones. Well, let's let's break it down. Child's Play has three great movies: one, two, and and Curse of Chucky, and then it has three good movies: three, Bride, and Cult, and one bad movie: Seed of Chucky. So, Elm. Yeah, go ahead. Halloween has the most shitty movies, but but has the hands down best one in the original Halloween film, which is the greatest of them all. Agreed. Friday the Thirteenth has a, two great movies in Part Two and Six. Hmm. And then Elm Street has three great movies: one, three, and, and seven. New Nightmare. Yeah, but the, the other Elm Street ones are pretty bad. 
Two is bad. Two is two. Six is terrible. Two is, two is bad. Six is terrible. Although, uh, one of uh, one of the other, although my favorite death comes from Dream Child, actually. Oh, which one? Uh, Dan. Oh no! Yeah, 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 yeah. Dan. Yeah, we talked about that yeah. before. Did we talk about that on the yeah, air? Yeah, we talked about it on the air, I believe. Oh man, I'm sorry. I was gonna bring that up again. <laughs> yeah, that one's great. Oh no! I don't, yeah, yeah, that one's great. Yeah. He was on the motorcycle. I don't know. What's your top franchise? I gotta go Elm Street. I gotta, I gotta do it. I know. I think you're right that Child's Play has a better batting average, but like, I will like. It's it's time hard to go against the most iconic horror villain of all time. Well, that's the thing. Like, I I'll I'll take four and five, which are okay, over Bride of Chucky or Child's Play three or Curse of Chucky, Cult of Chucky. I'm sorry. Um, I'll definitely take their Elm Street's great movies over Child's Play's great movies. Yeah, I, I went back and forth on this one. It's hard. Yeah, it is. But if I like, I think at the end of the day, though, like if I'm going to rank them as far as like how great they are overall, I kind of got to go Child's Play over Nightmare. And I completely, you know what? If you ask me tomorrow, if if you wake me up at like four in the morning and ask me again, I'm like, uh, I think you're great. Maybe Chelsea play. You know, I might change. I might, you change your your mind daily with that kind of thing. For people like us who are such aficionados with those specific franchises, yeah. Okay, let's keep going. Let's keep going. Um, let's do another another ranking. Uh, let's let's do let's do the big two. Let's get these two out of the way. Who are your top five five favorite superheroes in order? In order. Okay. Uh, mine is Green Lantern, Hal Jordan at number five. Mine too. All right. Number four is Spider-Man for me. Okay. My four is Cap. Okay. Uh, three is Cap for me. Three is Cyclops for me. Two is Batman. Two is Tim. And one is Superman. Superman. Yeah. I I, I was really, I, I, I kind of figured we'd have the same bookends and a, a whole mixture of more or less the same in the middle. Um, Spider-Man's my number six. Okay. Where does Batman fall on that list for you, then? Probably seven. Nah, you know what? No, he's, he's six. He's six. Peter's seven. Yeah. Uh, it's, I mean, it's hard to go against my bias on this. That's exactly why I just switched. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, Just because the, those are the characters that I grew up with, and those are the characters that I will always and forever love. Yeah, we're going to really get into that next week. I'm really excited about that episode. Yeah, me too. Okay. Now, let's do oh, whoops. Now, let's do the other big one. No, let's let's do our other. Okay. Let's do one more on Did each. you have any more? Yeah, yeah. Cuz I want to do your <laughs> I want to do your fun one. All right. Uh, let's do the best Sean Bean deaths of all time. <laughs> Goldeneye. Goldeneye is number 1. Yeah, hey, anybody who says otherwise is so wrong. <laughs> uh, the fictional death in uh so uh, the Martian, the Martian, the, the fictional death that we created for Sean Bean in the Martian, where a satellite falls on him after he walks out, <laughs> yeah. is probably my number two. Um, then Lord of the Rings, then Game of Thrones, then um, there was a movie he survived and it, it blew my mind. It was a, uh, I think it was called North Country mm. with Charlize Theron and Francis. Oh McCall. yeah, uh, that sounds vaguely familiar. <laughs> but but yeah, um, GoldenEye is obviously the number one in that, and it was meant to be that one. <laughs> Yeah, that's fun. Um, yeah, my other one was Greatest Freddy Death Scenes. I forgot that we had done them. So let's switch over to Favorite Jason Death Scene then. No, let's do the one where, uh, or the five greatest superhero films uh, 
that you want adapted. Well, that was the other. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that one. Ooh, okay. Uh, not five. It is. Or just your greatest. You ones. Had... All right. So yeah. I, I picked three on that one. Uh, my number three on that was Kingdom Come. I doubt that we'll ever get that movie ever made. Uh, even animated? Maybe animated. It's just so hard to do with Alex Ross. Yeah, I I don't know if I'd want to see his his style of art come to life because like we talked about this in the past, like there are some art styles that do not transform well or translate well to moving animation. And sometimes it's it's incredible when it does work. Like like with when they did Darwin Cook with New Frontier, like that was really great how they brought that to life. But like, I don't, yeah, I, some I just of them, don't want just, it ruined. Is my thing. I agree. I, like it could do, it could be a perfect thing, but I don't want it to be ruined the way it was with, um, like with uh, Cassidy's Astonishing X Men Motion Comic. Oh right, that's so like stupid. stuff like that. Or uh, what, what was the one that we, the most recent one, The Killing Joke? Yeah, like that didn't translate well. Uh, my number two is Freddy versus Jason versus Ash. Yes, good call. God damn. The only... Like, I would love to see that actually animated. Um, because I know we can't get Robert England to play the... Or, or any any of those characters. We couldn't get Kane Hodder. Couldn't get <laughs> Bruce Campbell to be them in their prime. You wouldn't need Kane Hodder for the animated movie. <laughs> anyway, uh, and then my... That's a great call. That's a great call. And then my number one would be DC versus Marvel. Oh, wow. You, yeah, you... You did good on this one. I'm glad we went yeah. with it. That's why I was like, because I, like, I... I did, like I did the research on this one. I, I want to do this. I just, I mean, obviously DC versus Marvel would never be made. It they no, like they nah, no 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 like no. it took it, it they moved mountains to do that crossover in the first place on a comic book. To think, I, honestly, I would love to see them redo it the way that they did it with people voting but i just am afraid See, that's the thing man everybody just votes for their loyalty like fucking all right spider-man's awesome there's no way he could have beat superboy no. that was bullshit. yeah that was bullshit uh wonder woman losing to storm was bullshit and batman losing to cap is bullshit batman Even beat they, cap. It, it was it was a, it was, wasn't that a draw no, batman beat cap wait that's 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 actually what i meant actually cap would kick his right. ass Here's what I would suggest they do instead. I would suggest they they take the panel of writers between the two companies and have them duke it out. Like, have them figure out this script. Here's what I would say. I love that idea. I'm going to take it one step further. Take the panel and flip it. Marvel writers, you're now... You're now in charge of trying to write for DCs heroes ha- having that that way they're not because otherwise it's just going to be a wall of no i don't want my character to lose if you flip it then they'll then they might go from it from a different angle and it might be a more fair argument discussion i think that's the best way it is not by any means a perfect way to to do that movie it's never but gonna it it's never going to happen anyway so who cares yeah <laughs> um i just went with uh crisis on infinite earths i just I know it's such a large cast, and it would be so confusing to people who have no idea what's going on in it, but I would love to see that animated. You could probably see that animated if you're able to do New Frontier. Granted, there's a lot more that characters in in Crisis, but 
it's not like they couldn't do it. No, I agree. All right. All right. Uh, last one. Greatest superhero movies. We have talked about this many times, but now this is including all DC, all image, all everything, all even graphic novels. What's your number five? <sighs> My number five. This was the hardest one to do. Yeah. My number five is Captain America Winter Soldier. Mine too. <laughs> okay. What's your number four? Oh, you want me to do my... Let's go back for it. I'll do my number four. Okay. My number four is Raimi Spider-Man 2. Okay. All right. My number four is The Incredibles. Oh, fuck. I didn't even think... <laughs> I got to keep it where it is for now, but that's a good call. Okay. My number three, I think it's your number three, Superman 2. You'd be wrong. What's your number three? Uh, my number three is The Avengers. Okay, that's my number two. Um, my number two is going to be The Dark Knight. That's my number one. Is Superman 2 your number one? Superman 2 is my number one. Wow. Wow, even. Donner Cut, right? Oh, of course, Donner Cut. Now, this list fluctuates. Oh, it does. It absolutely does. Hour by hour, yeah. minute by minute. <laughs> so, as of right now, and like I understand that like these some of these are better movies. Like obviously, The Dark Knight's a better movie than Superman Two. The Dark Knight's the best film out of all of them. Yes, and obviously, if I'm ranking the MCU movies, I I like Winter Soldier more than Avengers. Mm -hmm. But as a superhero movie, Avengers is a better superhero movie than Captain America: The Winter Soldier. Man, so uh, that, and that's how I that's how I kind of justify these rankings at, at this point in time. The Avengers was perfect; it really was. I'll, I'll, Aven I'll... Avengers was nearly perfect, and it's and it's my my DC bias, and I'm not going to apologize for that at all. Yeah, <laughs> that's kind of what often allows the Dark Knight to slip back into number one. When I I'm like, yeah, but you know, Avengers is so good. Yeah, but it's the Dark Knight. All right, those are our, our some of our goats, some of our strongest opinions about certain things and wish lists, wish casting, all that. Um, join us next week for what will be the final episode of Anger Geeks Versus as we finally take on the big bad of all big bads, the Justice League film. <sighs> I can't believe we're going to be an hour and 15 minutes <laughs> into Justice League at this point Three in time. Days. Or at least like, well... We'll probably be like 45 minutes into Justice League at this point in time. Because uh, it'll probably be a half an hour of previews. Uh, <laughs> and we're going to play our what previews are we going to get game. We'll get Black Panther. We'll get Star Wars. What Warner Brothers movies have we got coming out? I'm sure they have a couple of awards pushes that they're going to go for. I'm not sure though. Anyway, so that is going to be, barring any like super huge news, that is the only thing we're going to talk about next week. Yep. So... If you if you're not going to see it opening weekend, you're gonna want to save this episode for until you do. Good call. Or unless you don't care uh, to be spoiled, which honestly, like we're gonna be on social media lockdown the next couple days because, as I was talking to you earlier this afternoon, news came out that the that the stinger um, after the credits leaked online. Ugh. That pisses and me off. It, it was gonna happen because they've like we've we've heard there are two. There's there's right. probably like a during the credits and then there's an after the credits one. 
And we or, have a decent idea of what they are. I mean, like, I, I'm under the assumption it's Darkseid and a Green Lantern, or Darkseid and Billy, or Shazam, or Black yeah, Adam. Could be. Uh, it could be any of those things. It could be. Uh, it could be like a, a s- spinoff for one of the other movies. It might be a black, uh, an Aquaman thing. Maybe I'll be pissed if it's that dark. That if it's that Destro clip we've already seen like a year and a half ago. <laughs> it's it won't be. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyway, that's that is going to be our thing next week. So in the meantime, if you want to get us on our social media stuff, you can go on Facebook.com/slash/AngryGeeksVS. Twitter at AngryGeeksVS. Email us AngryGeeksVS at gmail.com. Go on Fantasy Movie League. Uh, check our, our league there. Caps Lock Angry for the password there. Uh, how many more weeks of this season do we have? Two more, I believe. Okay. So I'm probably I'll jump back in for this next season <laughs> <laughs> uh, after taking this season off. Uh, you can go on NerdPriveRadio.com. Got a form on there. Listen to Nerd Pride Radio with Mike Jones. You can also listen to FML My Life with you, Hammock, Alec, and Mr. Dave. Uh, what are you guys talking about this week besides? Uh, There's the Justice uh, League th- uh, th- Daily Split. I'm covering that in the show. There's Wonder and the Star, whatever those are. Yeah, <laughs> those sure. movies that are not Justice League. Those movies that are not Justice League. Uh, all right. Uh, until next time. I'm Angry Geek D-Rod. I'm Angry Geek Millhouse. As always, stay angry. Alright, see you buddy. Later buddy. Thank you for coming. I'll see you in hell. (laughs)